Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Everybody up here at U.S. Cellular. Sox five runs, six hits. The 2-1 to Bartlett. Swing, chop to short. Ramirez has it, throws. Burley picks the perfect game. His second no-hitter. He no-hits the Tampa Bay Rays. People going crazy here at U.S. Cellular. He's mobbed by his teammates. A perfecto. Ed Farmer with a final call on Mark Burley's perfect game, as noted by Formio, the former Major League pitcher, his second no-hitter, and uh, he passed away this week at age 70, and uh, was died Wednesday night at age 70, a remarkable man. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde with you on Saturday Suckage, and somebody who knew Ed Farmer wrote about. Ed Farmer this week, what a remarkable man he was, now joins us. He joins us on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. He's Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune, Tribune writes the Wake of the News column. Sully, thanks for coming on today. Oh, thanks for having me. So, pretty remarkable, interesting guy. Give us your take as you wrote in the column or anything that... This is the kind of column you wrote about, Ed, where you had other people tell a story, and you told your stories, and I've written these kind of things, and then the days that follows, oh, I forgot this, oh, I forgot this, oh, I forgot this. That's the kind of person I thought Ed Farmer was. So share your experience with the class. Well, uh, you know, I the, the first thing I thought of uh, when I heard the news was that uh, Ed, in my life, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, lie and say we were best friends or anything. We were just colleagues from the ballpark. But uh, many, many years ago, he uh, convinced me to become a, an organ donor. Uh, if you die, they, they, you have to sign a card and you have it in your wallet that uh, when you go to the hospital or wherever, that they understand that they can, you know, use your um, organs or tissues. Um, to use to help save other people's lives. And uh, 
he convinced me to do that, you know, when you're a young guy and you don't really think of that and um, you think you're immortal. And uh, it, he convinced me to do it. I did it. Uh, Robin Ventura was the witness at this event uh, and uh, signed my donor card. It's been in my wallet or many, as many wallets as I've had over the last, you know, 30 or so years. And uh, I, I just, yeah, I don't even think of it. And then I took it out and looked at it and like, it's pretty faded, but uh you know that there it is thanks to ed farmer and uh so he he did have an effect on my life and many 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 other people's lives so uh, i immediately thought of calling robin and got some stories from him and of course uh, john rooney who had some nice stories today on uh bruce line show and uh um you know it's just it's a sad thing it's always a sad thing when when a you know, a person dies, but especially in a time like this where you really aren't able to celebrate his life as the way it should be right now. I have to say, Paul, that I'm I'm glad to be learning about Ed Farmer. I, I've met Ed Farmer a few times, but just never really was friends with him or anything like that. But I've heard him described as everything from generous to peculiar. And I have to be honest, like when I would turn on the radio, sometimes I'd be like, what the hell is going on in this broadcast? <laughs> um, I mean, it's just honestly, I, I mean, I think that's the part. Yeah. And I don't and I'm not being critical. I'm just saying like, it'd be like what? I don't know what's going on. How many outs? But but I feel like he was one of these guys. Now, from what I'm learning from Sox fans and hardcore people that he that it's true, maybe he wasn't greatest play-by-play guy but he was exactly right for white Sox fans because they got him he was them would would you agree with that yeah i mean there's definitely he was uh some people believe he was better cast as a analyst with uh, john rooney than as a play-by-play guy but it was something that he worked at you know he, he was just a storyteller and sometimes when you're a play-by-play guy the story's you know, they interfere. You guys know it'll interfere with the game a little bit, uh, but that's the way he was. Um, some people didn't like it. Uh, I, I addressed that in the uh, in the column as well. Um, you know, whether he was, you know, upset about or affected by the the criticism that he did get, and you know, there were some vicious things said about him in, in blogs or on Twitter, or whatever. And, uh, you know, I talked to Andy Mazur, uh, who worked with him, and uh, he said that they didn't let him affect him, which I'm glad to hear because, uh, you know, uh, he was such a generous guy. And uh, as Rooney and Robin and and many other people have said, he his whole thing was about, you know, getting people together, connecting people. Uh, hey, do you know this guy? This is my friend. And um, it, it's just... Uh, that's just the way he was. And, you know, obviously he was a Sox homer. Uh, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of old school style. But, uh, you know, that's that's the way he was. And uh, I think he, he worked on his craft over the years and got better. And, uh, you know, is he a Hall of Famer? Maybe not. But, uh, you know, he, as you heard from that call right there, he, you know, he came up with uh, the big moments and uh, and did it right. I thought as an announcer, there's there's similarity to, to Harry Carey, where you you get to the point where enough people think enough about you to criticize you, and yeah. and that's where Ed ended up. And he was concerned with bigger things than criticism. He was a guy 
who seemed to know everybody and everybody knew him. And he was a guy who seemed to be able to do something for everybody. And, and happily, people were, were willing to repay the favor. That's just the way he went about it. It was almost sort of a baseball Mr. Rogers kind of thing because he just wasn't going to, he didn't have time for all the crap. He had other things to do. And a guy who overcame what he overcame, you could see where that attitude developed and he was just moving right along. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, I, you can't downplay the fact that here's a guy who almost died when, um, you know, 30 years ago or whenever he got the uh, transplant from his brother. I think it was around uh, 1990, 91, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he had a second life, really, when he got that kidney transplant. And he decided to, uh, you know, use his, the rest of his life to... Uh, let other people know how important it was to do this. And, you know, he didn't throw it at you that, you know, he, Hey, I, you know, I've got this sickness and I, I don't feel good a lot of times. And, you know, Robin was telling me about the, you know, he would just come in, sit in his office and just pull out like 50 pills and start taking them. Like, you know, no big deal. Uh, and, uh, really? you know, he like, yeah, he, he, you know, he, he had to take these things to, uh, to live let's face it and uh you know he was i i did address this too he's kind of a stubborn guy you know he had some difficulties getting around last year and the Sox gave him a handicapped parking pass and uh ed was like i don't need this i, I could walk and i'm like ed you know just just take it it's not doesn't mean you're handicapped just to just, you know it'll help you get to the booth a little easier and you know, he just was kind of stubborn. He wouldn't take it. I don't know. Maybe in the end he did, but uh, it, he's just a very much a character, and uh, not uh, not as many characters left in this uh, in this game anymore, unfortunately. And uh, you know, I think that's that's why he's going to be missed. Yeah, he will be missed, and he he does leave behind an, uh, a great legacy. And I, I agree with you. There's not a lot of characters left in, in baseball or any play-by-play guys because they're oftentimes not allowed to be. Um, exactly. And yeah, yeah. I mean, they're just like teams have two. I mean, yeah. Maybe maybe explain that to people because I mean, like, I feel like we're. I'm not personally criticizing people that are like that because they just can't be like that because it's such a the teams have so much power in that regard now, don't they? Yeah, I mean, you want to uh, keep your job, basically. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I, I wrote this a couple of weeks ago just watching uh, some of these old games on, uh, I don't know, it was ESPN or MLB Network where uh, the announcer was just like ripping Ken Holtzman. I'm like, oh, my God, you you would never hear that anymore. And uh, it's just uh, just a different era, I guess. The We're talking with Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. He wrote a column about Ed Farmer, passed away this week. But you talk about the replays, which is what we are. When the score is replaying the Cubs-Giants Cubs game four tonight at five with um, Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Joe Ostrowski offering commentary before, during, and after the game. And we're... The score is doing it the right way. Tomorrow we'll have game one against the Cubs-Dodgers of 2016 of the NLCS, again with with Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Joe Ostrowski. If you watch the MLB broadcasts, the MLB is running its greatest games. They're, I don't know if you've, you've seen them, Sully, but the they, they'll replay things that some of these are 9, 10 years old, but they had 
game four of, for instance, of Yankees Red Sox, and they had Costas and Tom Verducci and Kevin Millar, who was part of the game and loudly said, hey, don't let us win a game. We're down 3 nothing, but don't let us win a game. You won't stop us. Don't let us win a game. And he turned out to be prophetic. But they stop. Yeah. They cut out the crap, and they, they go right to the play-by-play, right to the key plays of the game. This is fascinating to watch it this way. I don't know if you've seen that, but that's the way the score's doing it, too. It's a great way to relive these games as opposed to just watching a straight replay of something you saw. The commentary that goes along with this is just terrific, and you've heard it on the score live as well. Yeah, I've seen a little. I heard a little last night uh, of the the Giants game, uh, Cubs-Giants playoff game on your station. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I... It reminds me of the old days uh, when you'd wake up, uh, at least in Chicago. I don't know if this was a nationwide thing, but Sunday mornings they would have the Notre Dame highlights with Lindsey Nelson, and now we cut ahead to the third quarter. Because uh, <laughs> uh, really, you know, do you want to listen to four hours of a baseball game? It's it's good to, you know, go through most of it, and uh, you can leave out some of it. And uh, I think the commentary is, is good, too. Um, you know, obviously, we'd all like to see some real baseball, but uh, you know, I, in the meantime, I guess uh, that's just what we're going to have to do. Paulie, how's my friend David Schuster doing? <laughs> well, uh, our our friend with, David Schuster, a, a large friend, part yeah. of this show, a, a, a big a, part of this show. Everyone's friend, David Schuster. Uh, that's true. That's um, true. You know, I. Uh, yeah, I wrote about him yesterday. I talked to him, and uh, I think it's in today's uh, Saturday Tribune. But he uh, has a really great attitude about this. It's very unfortunate that uh, he was laid off. And, you know, the same for Connor and Julie and, and Rick Camp and anyone else that's lost their job during the pandemic. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, when it, when this ends, uh, they can get back in the business in some, some fashion. Um, but... Uh, you know, David, you know, he was just like, eh, you know, I'll live. I'm okay. Uh, it was very, it was really refreshing to hear that. And uh, I think he's going to be all right. And hopefully he'll come back somewhere. If he's not on the score, then some other station. Um, he's, you know, he, just the reaction that you've seen on social media um, is, I think, uh, refreshing to see. You know, you see a lot of people in the media, Chicago media, you know, chiming in, uh, which just shows you how much uh, respect he had from from all of us for his uh, work work ethic and uh, just the way he was. He was just he's just a good guy, and uh, you know, uh, I think we all hope uh, the best for him. We do, we do. There's not a, similar to Ed Farmer. Wasn't anybody who didn't like him. You, you yeah. knew David yeah. Schuster. You liked David Schuster. You wish the best for David Schuster. We certainly do, and we appreciate the the. Uh, the very vague allusion to this show and that sometimes your line in your column, sometimes David Schuster would offer movie reviews. Yeah, yeah, and his uh, annual uh, Christmas Day interview with Gar Pax, or Pax, not Gar. <laughs> yeah, the, One the half Pax of part of it, yeah. <laughs> the Pax part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what are we going to call Gar Packs if, uh, if one of them is gone? gone there? We're going to call them Gone Packs. Gone Packs, yeah. That's what we're going to call hey, you know what? You keep, you know, it's funny. keep working on that. 
<laughs> it's funny you say that, Paul, because I was thinking about this, and this could be a column idea for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact of the matter is, what are Bulls fans going to do? Because it's got, like, like the criticisms of Paxson and Foreman, or uh, Gar Foreman have been, like, no holds barred over the last five years. Like, it's gotten vicious. Bulls fans yeah. aren't going to have anybody to rip on for at least one year. I mean, you got to give them their honeymoon phase. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's going to be a... Uh going to be different uh you know personally i like pax a lot i, I covered him when i was uh, sam smith's uh, sidekick on the bulls uh, back uh, <laughs> during the early the first three peats and I, I think he's a great guy and um you know i understand when you're in that position you're going to get your criticism but uh as a human being i think he's you know a really good person so i hope uh i hope people understand that uh you know these people are human i don't know gar that much so but uh, as far as Pax goes, uh, he is a very good guy. Well, the news kind of, those catching up, news kind of broke late that the, the Bears are in, in full um, <clears throat> social distancing but Zoom interviewing mo- uh, mo- <laughs> mode with, um, with three or four candidates, depending who you believe. And, um, and they are... They are everywhere from Toronto to Miami to Indiana to Denver. And they're... How about that D-Wade thing? (laughs) Well, yeah, but he clarified that. He said, no, not me. He originally, he tweeted out, when when, when the story came out, I, you know, the Bears are, the the Bulls are... Bulls. Yeah, the Bulls. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out that the Bulls have started a formal search to process... Uh, formal search process to hire a new top executive with full authority on basketball decisions, sources tell ESPN. Dwayne Wade retweeted, I know someone. And everybody said, basically everybody fired back. You want the job? You want to do this? You want to? And he did offer a denial. No, 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 no. I know somebody. And Adam Simon is the guy in Miami who is the, um, he was the guy who began as, Eric Spolstra's film intern, and yeah. and so that's where that's where that went. No, I don't think Dwayne Wade wants any part of whatever that would involve. <laughs> Thank God, no, he doesn't. Yes, yeah, that, that would be that's know, a good thing. Yeah, that would not be good. Uh, yeah. Not that, that Dwayne Wade doesn't know his uh, hoops, but you know that would just you know you'd be putting someone in there that doesn't have any experience, and I don't think that's what the Bulls need right now. I don't think anyone thinks that, and uh, you know they're a I'm not a Bulls expert by any stretch of the imagination, but they are a way far ways off from being a you know competitive team. I personally, I think the uh, the rebuild has regressed in the last year. So you know, we'll see. Well, new 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 eyes, new set of eyes, fresh opinions can can only help that. Sully, we appreciate you coming on. Stay well. Thank you. Okay, guys, stay safe. See you, Paul. Paul Sullivan of the Chicago Tribune. Talking about Ed Farmer and our friend David Schuster, who was laid off and usually provides movie reviews. And and he began social distancing with movies a long time ago. He'd go to see the 9 o'clock at, in the morning show to make sure there was nobody else in the theater. And then he'd come on and he'd complain about movies. And, da- and Dave anyways, has been and we the, missed he's been living the uh, He's been living the 80-something lifestyle for, for yeah. years now. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that we get a chance to seriously talk about it because, um, yeah, I love David Schuster as a person and as a professional. 
I've gotten to know David very well. I have talked to him as well. Um, and, and as Paul said, he, he is doing, you know, he does have a good, he, he didn't want this to happen. Um, you know, I'm sure David, if, if he wants to, is once we come out of this, is still employable and all that kind of stuff. But he did have a really good attitude about it. Um, I spoke briefly to Connor McKnight as well. You know, I think he was stunned by the whole thing. Um, you know, he didn't necessarily see it coming, but he's another guy that I enjoyed um, working with. And I think Connor, Connor should know by now that he is one of the most employable on-air guys in this town. I mean, he's proven to be um, over and over, so I'm not worried about him. Um, you know, Julie DeCaro as well, who I got to be friends with at the station and really enjoyed her show. Um, <laughs> she is so um, omnipresent. In, in whether she's on the radio or not because she's good at social media so she'll she knows what she's doing in terms of all that and then and then Rick Camp who is one of the the friendliest guys that you will ever meet in radio he was terrific at his job his NBA analysis was second to none um, and you know he's a young man too so I know he's highly employable too it just it just sucks for all of them and I hope that they're all doing well and I like them all for different reasons I echo that I echo that you said it you said it very well and um, we wish we wish the best for him and I, I too spoke to David and and um, it was just you know it just a shock and a shame and David was everywhere did everything there wasn't anything he'd, I think play-by-play -play was the only thing he didn't do whether it was hosting whether it was co-hosting whether it was hosting the Bulls pregame postgame halftime stuff whether it was chasing interviews and doing it all over the place and and he was um, I don't know that he ever needed a home because he never seemed to be there and then all of a sudden this hit so we wish them all the best you said it very well about all of them um, I wanna... Guys, guys, if you don't mind too, Maggie Hendricks was also a victim of I this. Was gonna I wanna, get, yeah. yeah, I was. I, I, was I wanted to make to sure that. that she got mentioned because she was always so awesome to to produce for, and she was always had a smile on her face. She brought us cookies. She's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna miss her a lot too. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't with mention... Julie. Yeah. Go ahead, Steve. Go ahead. No, well, just with Julie, and and that she had a show that followed us on Saturdays usually or some sometime on Saturdays with, with Maggie Hendricks. And, and they were, it was, it was, it was a smart and sassy show and you could get quilting tips. Yes. And she was an excellent baker and she was a great broadcaster and she continues to be as she covers the WNBA. Um, and one thing about Maggie too, she had what I still think is tops on my, on my board for the best tweet of the year when after our mayor mayor lightfoot decided to put uh -huh. the ban on the lakefront and yes. she said that this is paraphrasing but mayor lightfoot is like the mom who actually turns the car around after the warning occurs <laughs> and goes and goes home yes and goes home. and goes yeah. home yeah, yeah the, the warning that we all got when we were kids i'll turn this car like she's the one that actually turns it around so yeah maggie is great as well and i love her dog sully too like i, I eat up the picture she puts on, of her dog on social media so well, we thank everyone for we thank you for indulging us as we 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 remember some of the score colleagues who are no longer working for the score one who is working for the score still uh, chris Tannehill, put together in in classic Tannehill fashion a tribute a memory to Ed Farmer, 
Um, we'll take a break. When we come back, we will play that. You won't want to miss it. Call your friends. Call your call your daughter, sons. Call your daughters. Call your friends. Call your family. You'll want to hear this. Chris Hill's handiwork on Ed Farmer. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Brody, Saturday Suckage. WB Club. We have some, we each have some WB Club news coming up later in the show before we get out of here at 2 o'clock. I want to remind everyone that the score will present game four of Cubs Giants from 2016. That's at five tonight. Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Joe Ostrowski, they'll bring you a live pregame and in game commentary and live postgame. Game four of Cubs Giants. NLDS tonight. Tomorrow at noon, Jeff Joniak offers a quick pregame of Bears-Cardinals, that game in the desert, and crown their asses game. That's tomorrow at noon (laughs) on the score. And then tomorrow, Sunday at 5, we'll bring you game one of Cubs-Dodgers of the NLCS. Again, with Pat Hughes, Ron Coomer, Joe Ostrowski. Pre-game, in-game, post-game, they'll be live on the score. And we'll present you all the all the historic moments of, I mean, that's the most historic moment in everyone's lifetime, right? I guess unless you're a Sox fan, then it was the Bears Super Bowl. But that's really, you, even if you're a Sox fan, you live to see the 108-year thing ended, right? That's the most historic thing. Yeah, I think so. I mean, how could it not be? I mean, I think it was uh, not just in Chicago, but across the country. Everybody, I mean, the approval ratings of the Cubs going to and winning a World Series, the approval ratings were very high. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Indeed. And Saturday Suckage has a, uh, one of its members has a World Series ring to prove it. And, um, and, and I, I, I would, I would, as we go, as, as, you listen to these replays. There's probably stuff along the way that you forgot. I know we're in tonight. Will be game four of the of four four games. We'll do 17 games in 17 days. This will be game four. But as you listen to this stuff, you being there, being in the booth, there's stuff that 
you forgot are moments that look different now because you know how it ended, how it came back. It's a different perspective, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. I, to be honest, because you know, transparency is the word that we're going to keep using today, thanks to Matt uh-huh. Nagy. Um, I listened to, uh, I made an appointment radio to listen to the first game, Cubs and the Giants, the one to nothing win at Wrigley Field. And I, upon listening to the, the, the open of the game, Pat Hughes coming on strong like he does and, you know, setting up the game, I did get like, my body was overcome with chills and goosebumps. Like it put me back there. And then I listened a little bit. Um, and you know, little things you forget, like David Ross throwing a runner, a would-be base stealer out at second base, like little mm-hmm. things like that. Um, I, no, I didn't remember. And you're right, there's probably some big things that I didn't remember either. But I, ha- I haven't really been able to stick with it, and I, I don't really know why. Like, it's, um, it's a very, uh, like, professionally and maybe even personally, it's a place that I've I, I, I'm not left behind because it's still right there, but I just can't completely go back. I can't sink myself into it as of yet, and maybe I will be able to do that someday. But it's just it's a it's a great place in in history, and I'm I don't know I'm I'm just not emotionally prepared to to be in that place right now. <laughs> it's hard really? to explain, man. Yeah, well, I, that, and it's not like a bad a- thing. I'm just wondering yeah. why. I know you've described it as yeah. such a high wire act that there was there were a lot of oops, uh-oh moments along the way, a lot of oh my God, oh no, that a whole lot of that, the way you've described it, and you were right. You know the the ending, or is it? Are you as as um, self-hating as me? As every time I happen to come across something I wrote or something I a tape of me on the radio, I cannot listen to it. I can't read it. I want nothing to do with it. I think it's there awful. though. There is there. Oh, there is that. Yeah. But I not. And, oh no, there's no doubt. When I hear myself, I'm like, come on, Mark, get, get to it. Like, and I, and I'm like, and it's right. You know, I'm, I, I can't like, I'm like, come on, get, get it back to Pat and Ron. Just, just shut up. Like, that's what I'm doing. But, but no, I, I honestly, I think, I'm trying to think this through in real time right now, like why it's difficult for me to go back. I think it's because that that period of time, like that postseason, let's just put it as a postseason, it took so much professional and emotional energy, like to everything that we were doing, like just from a professional standpoint, doing two hour pregames and two hour postgames and the, the meetings and the intensity and then every pit, you know, everybody's sitting at home watching every pitch matters. It really matters when you're sitting up in that booth. So maybe there, there's a certain energy and adrenaline that I felt then that I feel like I almost feel as a when I listen now and I don't know if I have it in me like that, that like that adrenaline surge and that I, I can't go back there. Um, completely like it's not like I'm turning it on like I like I said I listened to the first game and then I'll kind of turn it on a little bit and I'll listen to Pat and Ron talking with Joe Ostrowski about it and they'll say something and I'll be like oh yeah and that was crazy and I remember that exact moment and what Pat said when he looked back at me and you know it just there, there, there's so much to it that I don't know like I, I there's a certain strength and adrenaline that my body even needs to listen to it and for some reason it's not there right now the moment when Pat turned and looked back at you? 
No, I'm saying just in general, just like any oh. any kind of moment where like any interactions that Pat and Ron and I had, um, uh-huh. were which were often hilarious and often very fun, and you know doing trivia with the guys and. Um, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, having having our boss Mitch Rosen with us, like Mitch, like Mitch show, like he was with me for every pregame show. He was my producer um, for the pregame shows, which were two hours long, and he's a great producer. Like, like I, okay, I get it now. How how you ascended to the position in which you exist now because Mitch was really good at lining things up, telling me what's next, telling, giving me pointers, and then staying the hell out of the way um, when he needed to. Um, so, like, it, it, like, the whole thing was just unlike anything I'd ever been a part of. Um, and it was great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I loved every second of being a part of that. It's just hard to go back and listen now. Okay. All right. I, I understand. I'm just uh, interested as to, you know, I... I have my own professional reasons. I can't go back and read anything. I don't want to listen to anything. But I didn't know if if that was just my why. Well, my why separate Because I always wanted, just, I always knew I could have found something better. I can read it and go, oh, I shouldn't have done this, or I say something I shouldn't have done this. I should have said it different. I should have done this. You can only do it in the moment. What you write, what you what I write, what I think. That's what I thought of in that moment. That's what I wanted to write. That's what hit me. And I have to more often than not relied on my instincts and went with them. And this is the way it should be because it, you know, it wasn't so much, I wasn't using the word transparency or wasn't using the thought, but it was at least the, the honesty of this is what I'm saying, not what I think you want me to say, dear reader. Right. Uh, and this is what I'm saying on the radio, not what I think somebody wants me to say. It's, it's what I feel good or bad and I don't have to do anything more than, I don't have to explain why. There, there it is. That's what I think. I'm paid to have an opinion in the newspaper. That's my opinion. And more, I hated finding, I used to go back and read it. And I would find so many things I should have done different, said different. There would be a point where I'm trying to make an argument. I'm trying to close my case. And... I left out a salient fact or I thought of a sentence that would have helped underscore it, clinch it, and I would have been happier with the way I presented it. And I knew it. It was in my head. It didn't translate. It didn't get into through my fingers under the keyboard and then into print. And that that angers me. How could I miss that? How could I miss something so obvious? And and it might have been haste in writing up against a, if it was up against a deadline, if it might've been just simply thought it, thought I wrote it, realized I hadn't written it. And so after going back and reading stuff and then I became gun shy. All right. I don't want to ever read this again. Don't make me read my own stuff. Don't make me listen to myself. I don't want to do that. I sound awful and I wish I could have said something else. So that's yeah for me. That's my, whatever. I don't know that I'm a, alone in that neuroses but it's not something i've really publicly aired until now this is yeah well i mean i think you know to the to the comp of the radio business too like and maybe other talk show hosts or reporters like me um or anybody who's been on the radio 
can relate to this. There are some days when you walk out of your on-air shift, whatever it might be, and you feel like you're the greatest person in the world and you've done great things and everybody loves you. <laughs> and, and then there are days when you walk out of that building and you're thinking to yourself, I can never do this again. I have to go, I have to find another job. I can't do this. And then you sleep it off and whatever that feeling was, the elation, or the downtroddenness, it goes away and it's a new day. You know what I mean? Like that that's that's what I feel in in radio a lot of it. I mean, you try to keep it at, at some sort of level of mean at some point, like an average level, so there's not the highs and lows, but when you do live, it's impossible to not feel something something uh, large when you get off of whatever shift it is. I don't know if other people have felt that way, but it's a high and low business, man. It certainly is, and it's and it's live and in person. And there's a three one nine texter who wants you to do your apologies in in whatever voice you want to impersonate. Whether what whether, what apologies? Wait, what I apologies? don't know. He, he barely thinks there's an apology in here somewhere. I, I was there, so I, I I I don't need to go through the whole damn thing again. I I saw the whole damn thing, and um, I was actually thinking that that Lou, you know, he. He he could sum up. He he could he would be the greatest spokesperson for COVID nineteen, right? I mean, it's it, it, it's really simple. You 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 stay home. You 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 don't need to go outside. And if you do, you 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 put a mask on, and that's all you need to know. Stay. It's like Milton. I I saw Milton Bradley out, and 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 I sent him home. Go home. Yeah, that's it. Lou would be the best spokesman. There you go. That's all you we'll need to that. know. You, you, you stay home and and you order the pizza and and you 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 saw the damn game. Just do what they said to do. That's right. There you go. Thanks, Lou. We um, those of us in radio who may cower, wonder, hate, think about, not want to think about our own performances, uh, admire the the things that Chris Hill can do. And he is a master sound man. And we teased this before we went to the break last time. So we're going to bring you now his, uh, his tribute to Ed Farmer. Uh, he it aired on the McNeil and Parkin show this week. I'm not sure which day. I'm sure it got reran several days because it's, it's terrific stuff as Tanny usually produces. So we'll um, you enjoy, and we'll uh, see you on the other side uh, when this takes us up to a break on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Brody here, Saturday Suckage up till 2 o'clock. Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We... Um, Still waiting to hear the the president had um, a conference call with the commissioners of all of the major sports leagues, and I haven't seen anything come out of it. I don't know if it's still going on. Maybe I missed it. Have you seen anything, Mark? Have you seen any news? I have not. What they're looking for, because I don't know. What do you expect? What do you think? What's the point? Well, knowing uh, President Trump, he'll be like, it's all good, man. Let's play. Play ball. Let's go. Let's go. Get things going. Yeah. Um, I, no, I don't guess, know, Steve. I Honestly, would... I think what I think what's going to come out of it, I mean, for real, is I, I and I've been pretty consistent with this. I think there will be 
baseball this year, I just think that there will be zero fans in the stands. I don't see a scenario in which you, you could justify having fans. And uh, and um, for the most part, that's not the worst thing in the world in terms of the money-making because so much of the money-making is through the TV deals and the gargantuan amounts of, of dollars associated with it. So I do see a baseball season, you know, obviously truncated, being played, but without fans. So that that's the only place that I'm looking right now. Now, I didn't even thought about the NBA, really. Um, I, I, I just don't know at this point. I mean, I feel like that, that might just get banged, the rest of the, the NBA, but we'll see. Complex, um, online complex ran a story that, kind of indicated the NBA from various reports uh, indicated the NBA is looking to just simply end the 2020 season or end the season of 2020. Um, yeah. Even though they had been last week, we talked about seeing reports from playing it out in the, in isolation in the Vegas hotel or in, in Bahamas and finding ballrooms big enough for just for the courts. And we wondered how you'd get even get cameramen in there. I mean, because again, like you said, TV money is the big money. But you're not going to play this simply to award a trophy, to, and if nobody's watching, so it's all about getting cameramen in there and, and cleaned. I just, I don't see without a vaccine, without any way to stanch it, I don't see how you play anything in 2020. If you let people out of the house, and that goes for athletes. And they get on the court, and there's Rudy Gobert number two. You got to shut everything down again. This thing could spike two or three times without a vaccine, without a without any way to stanch the the virus from spreading. I just don't see it. And the only answer right now is to keep people in their house. And by the way, Meta World Peace. Remember our friend Meta World Peace, formerly yeah. Ron Artest. Ron Artest. Yeah. He sure. tweeted out, "Whoever is not staying indoors, tell me." And I will enforce it like I enforced my defense on the league. So now you're, okay. now you're getting threatened by Meta World Peace. But I don't see I don't I don't see a sport getting played this year. You know, the, and we talked about this on the telly before the show started. Yeah. And it's it's I, I hadn't thought about that. I get here's what I think about. It. You're absolutely right. Like if there's no vaccine, then it would be pretty tough to justify. However, I don't know, like I kind of have a, a faith in the people that are working on this like 24 hours a day that there will be a vaccine. And maybe that's being naive of me, but I do feel like they will come up, but like the world is working on this. You know what I mean? Like in lockstep, in lockstep. So I, I think my hope is that they do actually come up with a vaccine. Well, this Unlock is not- me! Unlock me! <laughs> yeah, Provacic is what myself. we need right now. The, Unlock the, me! You know Stay what? off the streets! If we've grown greater empathy, and we should have, of, of the helping hand of checking in on people, and, and I know Passover's coming up, I'm sure Easter will be the same way, that, that the families will celebrate by FaceTime or Zoom or having all kinds of laptops open and people wired in from different places. I know that's planned in our family as well. Um, the last couple of weeks I've had brunch and dinner with my, my the divas in LA and Brandon's in the city with Emily, his, his fiance. Aww. And we've just done the, the um, virtual, you know, the, the FaceTime meals. And that's what you do. And there you feel for other 
hopefully that empathy and that that virtual hug applies to other people and hopefully the the human if you believe in humans you believe humans can do well then hopefully they will find a vaccine they will find a, a, a way to to stop the virus and and that would be that would bring life we, we come crawling back to whatever we used to know as normal but it would be something that wouldn't involve sheltering in place and for some people shivering in place you just don't know so yeah, well, and I saw, and speaking of virtual things, my friend, um, a, uh, Channel 5 sportscaster Mike Berman tweeted something about um, asking, um, is there any such thing as a virtual haircut? Because this is a time in which most people's hair um, and maybe even coloring is not getting done because of, you know, you can't go get your haircut. So my, my larger point is, if you see anybody with a tight, fresh haircut, be suspicious of them. Be suspicious that they have broken the codes and the laws of our city, that they were obviously close to somebody, or they cut their own hair. So either way, be suspicious of that person. And and my proof is on Instagram. I put an Instagram video up today promoting our show, Stevie Sunshine, and you can see that my hair is nowhere close to being coiffed and tightened up right now. I have a horrible looking set of hair right now. No, I saw the video. I you've 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 got the whole Euro trash thing working. Congratulations. <laughs> um, let's take a <laughs> call before we take for. a Mary and Mary in Benton Harbor, Michigan, welcome to the score. And hello. I enjoy your show. I wanted to comment about Ed. There's so many things I'm gonna miss about Ed Farmer. Granted, not the most polished play-by-play guy, but something comforting about his voice. At the end of a rough day, take the radio out to the garden, listen to Ed and DJ. I'm happy. Uh, He often mentioned his faith, which you don't typically hear on a baseball broadcast, talked about going to masses, various sermons, St. Rita, and I heard he had masses set at the ballpark, which I don't know is true, but that's pretty amazing. Also, he always thanked the military and the first responders and everyone behind the scenes involved with the game. Uh, One time last year, Darren's wife was up in the booth, and he touchingly told her, God bless you, and kind of a special moment. Touched many lives, and I'm going to really miss hearing him, and he'll be missed by many people. Mary, thank you. That's that's, uh, certainly from your heart. You you listen, you're a White Sox fan, and and that was – and it wasn't a put on. I mean, some people will use you. You look, Mark. We know people who will hide behind any shield if it's cynically enough to be. They'll do it cynically enough if it's profitable. And that was nowhere close to whatever Ed Farmer was. What you got was a real thing, and he that he believed in what he believed in. He was that nice of a man, and there were that many people who who liked him, who appreciate, who wanted to do things for him. He would do every anything for anyone, and he could do it sometimes at at record speed. And one of the things about as a broadcaster that struck me, nobody went from droll to 60 miles an hour the way he did. There was such a great <laughs> difference between Ed talking about the game. And this is a, we played golf once, Ed and I, and he could just give you that kind of droll kind of way he talked about this and can hit the shot. And he was a wonderful golfer. And then all of a sudden, Burley's pitch a perfect game. There's nobody who could go. <laughs> from, oh, perfecto. Right. He could go from droll to Mach 1. And there was such a great difference in the way he would, the way he would broadcast a game, the, the, the first inning to the, to the ninth inning, if it were historic. That, that struck me this week in, with his passing. 
Yeah, I mean, and I agree. And it's funny that Mary pointed out the fact that, no, he was not very polished. And I expressed that to Paul Sullivan, too. Like, sometimes I turn on a Sox broadcast just wanting to know what the hell was going on. And I'd be like, what the hell is going on for, like, seven minutes? It, it's been really important for me to hear from people like Chris Tannehill and Herb Lawrence at the radio station that there was more to it that that even those guys would probably concede that this is not the most polished broadcaster in the world but there but you had to understand him and those that listened all the time did understand him and as Mary said there there was a comfort with his voice um, and I, I think it's been important for me to, to hear that and understand that because oftentimes I did find myself frustrated when I would turn on the, the Sox broadcast. So this has been great kind of getting to know the man and the method as well and now starting to understand it more. All right, we'll, uh, we'll take a break. Um, I understand we have, um, see where I'm broadcasting from my palatial estate, Grody from his palatial estate overlooking Lori Lightfoot's empty Lakeshore Drive. Um, <laughs> We sound like a score callers and handle, but um, and we we certainly have to uh, address the WB Club news, and I think fittingly, if I were if I if I heard right, we have Toby on the line. So nothing nothing teases a WB Club update on the other side of this break than Toby being on the phone. I'm Steve Rosenblum's Mark Grody. We're Saturday Suckage, and the WB Club will be meeting next in Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.